And the person interviewing me wrote those words down, looked up from his piece of paper and said to me, so do you think we're going to like that? Yeah, I, I do what I do today, Kathy, because of a fourth grade field trip. No credit to me, just me fumbling along with what I knew at the time and the dog being very forgiving of my mistakes. Over the last several days, I've been traveling to Central California, primarily for a friend's wedding, but have had a chance to spend some time thinking you might have smelled the smoke. This week, I did a little another ditty in the car. Oh, that sounds terrible. Basically, I recorded in the car. I'm kind of getting used to it. Might be my new mobile studio. In any event, one of the things that really landed for me this week is love and connection and what it really means to be rigorously honest, to be radically authentic. And that when I do that, some pretty amazing things happen in the world around me. Sit tight, buckle up. I'm Kathy Brooks, and this is Talk Unleashed. So my experience recording in the car last week was so much fun. I thought I'd do it again. This week, this road show is brought to you from uh, a west to east trajectory. I just got to spend the weekend in San Luis Obispo, California, celebrating the wedding of a very dear, dear friend. And it was this beautifully intimate wedding at this wonderful, deliciously charming hotel in the middle of San Luis Obispo. For those of you who don't know, it's where Cal Poly is. It's a college town in the central, kind of in the central coast of California, right in the middle of California wine country in the central coast wine country. And the hotel is the Granada Hotel and Bistro. It's a hundred years old, a hundred years old this year. And I got down there several days early because I had uh, several different meetings, workshops, and things that I was participating in. And, um, so I got to get there early to get those things done. So I really got to luxuriate in the hotel and the place and, and all the, the delicious and wonderful things. So, yes, there I was at this wedding in San Luis Obispo, California. And uh, small wedding, I don't know, 50, 75 people. I didn't didn't really count exact heads, but it was small. It was intimate. It was really beautiful. And attending this wedding were a number of people with whom I am connected from my time in Silicon Valley. So what's interesting is here's this group of people and some of them have not seen me since prior to my getting sober. Others were connected to me in my last year or two in the Bay Area, which is the time period when I entered the world of recovery. But my behavior hadn't changed a whole heck of a lot at that time. Uh, I was still very much in early sobriety and navigating the things that one does uh, when taking that journey. And so this weekend was, was really about discovery, not merely about the celebration of love, which of course is what a wedding is all about, 
I really got to see and enjoy this experience of what happens when you really show up in a space with people and just show up with no expectation and show up radically authentic and show up rigorously honest and most of all, really, really curious. And in that process, I got to reconnect with some folks and really get to know them in a different way, in a more substantive way. And as dear listeners, you might guess, much of that conversation was about leadership, about this process of how do we become the best version of ourselves? How do we live our best lives? How do I examine myself with sufficient curiosity to take myself on and break through the kinds of behaviors that are creating friction, that are holding me back, that are creating obstacles in my relationships and all of those things. And some of these folks and I have known each other for a very, very long time, since we're in our 20s in a couple of cases. So we've seen each other go through a lot of different transitions, a lot of different lives. And to see how they have settled into their own truths is just really beautiful. One of the things as I was, you know, here I was traveling, I had some big swaths of time between the meetings and appointments that I was navigating in the days in advance of the wedding. And so I had time to wander around downtown and find a coffee shop that became my favorite coffee shop where I'd pop in. And yesterday morning, as I was sitting in the coffee shop, I got there very early. There's just one or two coffee shops in town there that open as early as I get up that were open by six, a couple open at 6.30, most of them opening around seven or eight. So I got to this one coffee shop. It's called Scout Coffee, right in the middle of downtown. They open at six. I got there on 6.15, 6.30. And at 6.15, 6.30 on a Saturday morning, there's, you know, not a whole lot of people there. Um, but I sat down and this gentleman, older gentleman, sat down next to me. Turns out he's not actually that much older than I am, but he carries a lot of, he was carrying a lot of weight, a lot of energy, a lot of heaviness, and seemed pretty skeptical of anybody around him. At one point, I looked like he was looking around for, for napkins, and I happened to be getting up. I said, would you like me? They're right over here. And he goes, no, 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 I can get it myself. Very kind of a little defensive. And so, you know, I went, got my napkins, I, went, I sat back down, and just bit by bit, I engaged him in conversation. I think it was even about the pastry he had gotten, which had been one that I had been eyeballing. So we started talking and chit-chatting. And as we began to talk, mostly me just asking him questions, he kept saying, you know, I'm, I'm here on holiday. I'm here, you know, for R&R. I'm here to rest. And, and he was talking about the work he was going back to do in his room and just kept talking and come to find he's you know, relatively recently divorced. He's got two grown daughters. He was married for almost 40 years. A fact that he mentioned two or three times. And 
what I found as we started talking, because we started talking about coaching because he asked what I do and I explained, you know, the arrows in my quiver, one of them being leadership and communications coaching. And he didn't roll his eyes, but I think he did a big interior eye roll. I could feel him saying, you know, Ugh. and so I asked him, I said, what's your experience been? And he recalled a couple of different instances of leadership with air quotation marks training that he had gone through that had just been lousy experiences for him and everything was a lousy experience and this, that, and the other. And I realized, I don't think anybody ever stopped to ask him what it was he was really hoping to accomplish. It's one of the first things that I, I ask when I sit down with a a group of people, or I sit down, if it's a company, finding out from the company, if I sit down with individuals, certainly it's so, so what is it you want? What's in your life that you don't want to be? What's not in your life that you do want to have? How will your life change if those circumstances shift? What's in the gap? You say you want this kind of communication, but you're not having it. You have the, you're having this kind of communication. So what's standing in the way? Because it's only from that place. It's only by meeting somebody where they are that I have any hope of being the catalyst to support them on the journey to get where they're trying to go. It's so easy to judge I'm having an experience like this now on a project that I'm working on where I'm experiencing some expectations around how, how someone accomplishes a task. And I'm finding myself curious about whether it's about the way the task is done or the fact that the task gets accomplished and that the result of the task be a new experience, a breakthrough, a transformation for the person accomplishing the task. Because if I'm stuck in the mechanics of a thing, my ability to actually get the thing done or, or achieve anything even remotely looking like a transformational experience is, it's not just limited, it's impossible. How many times have I sat down with a friend and they're talking about a relationship that they've, you know, just gotten into, a person they've just met. And I can hear, as they're describing the relationship, I can hear the places of friction that they're not necessarily able to see. Because it's easy to see from where I'm sitting. And am I really serving the friend if I grab them by the scruff of their neck and shake them and point their face at something? No. Just like shoving a dog's nose in the mess it's made in the house and saying, what did you do? Bad dog. Doesn't accomplish anything. It accomplishes nothing. It might give you a temporary catharsis for the frustration that you have at coming home and finding a pile of dog shit on your living room carpet. But your dog has no fucking idea what you're talking about. Your dog just knows that you're grabbing it in a really uncomfortable way, shoving its face in something, and you're angry. 
people are like, oh, my dog knows they did something wrong because I come home and they're just looking at me and I say, what did you do? And they slink out of the room. Well, yeah. It's the same with people. If there's somebody who has a pattern of responding a certain way in a certain circumstance, it stands to reason that if that circumstance arises again, I'm going to flinch awaiting their strike because they've conditioned me to the strike. And here's where my leadership gets to come in. No matter how that person is behaving, because I'm not a dog, I'm a human with cognitive reasoning, executive function, and the ability to know that the stories someone tells me about me aren't true. Now, they may want to make those stories true because dismantling me, disabling me, getting me off my center serves them in some way, serves their narrative. But if I respond to them, I can respond to them in one way and get one response, or I can respond to them adversely. Hey, fuck you. You can't treat me like that. That's also not really a response. But what about meeting that adversity with curiosity? The other day I was challenged to look into my life at places where I had friction that resembled a certain kind of friction I was facing. Because I was facing a certain kind of friction in a relationship where there was not an opportunity to address it. And so a very wise friend of mine said, hey, where else in your life does this kind of feeling come up? I thought about it. And I thought about the nature of the world today. The reason why I started this podcast, the reason why I became a leadership and communication coach, the reason why I engage in dog training and dog behavioral counseling as I do through the filter that I do, the reason I do LGBTQIA, whatever other initials have been added, advocacy work, the reason why I stand for those who don't have a voice because I believe that it is in standing in my power and using my voice in a responsible way that we get to move the needle. And so I started thinking about, especially, you know, here in the United States, election last week, stressful, contentious, all the things, and the vitriol has been colossal this year. This midterm election was nastier than nasty. And if we thought this was nastier than nasty, just wait till it's a presidential cycle. I'm actually hoping that I can get some work done in the next couple of years to set that off so you have my commitment to at least try. But in the meantime, I started thinking about the friends of mine that I have whose politics differ than mine. And I have quite a few because I love them for who they are, not their politics. And so... I called one of them and I said, you know, I've been thinking our world is fucked up right now. And I'm wondering if you would indulge me in something. 
And I said, I'd like to sit down with you over a long lunch where we've got nowhere where either of us has to be. And I'd really like to know how you came to the beliefs that you have. How'd you come to them? How is your life different, better, safer, happier when the beliefs that you have are implemented in the world around you? And if your beliefs aren't in place and it's the beliefs of someone else, what does that mean to you? Or what are you making it mean? I said, and you know what I'd then like to do is that I'd like to reciprocally share my view. Because if I can understand where he is coming from and he can understand where I am coming from, our ability to wade through the bullshit of friction becomes exponentially more powerful. That if I can understand a person's why, their come from, their motivation, their catalyst, their demons, their fears, their joys, their passions, the fact that our beliefs differ doesn't matter. That our ability to find a way to resolution is better, smoother, doesn't mean we're always going to. Doesn't mean we're going to agree. Sometimes we will need to just agree to disagree. More often than not, though, there's a middle ground. But here's the thing, and this is a sticky wicket. There are those who benefit from a world where there's a lot of friction. Their leadership, air quotation marks because it's not actually leadership, their control is completely based on everybody else running around like a bunch of chickens with the heads cut off. And by the way, if you've never actually seen a chicken running around without its head, it's really fucking scary. And sometimes the heads jump up and down on their own. I saw it when I was six years old. It is an image I will never get out of my mind and I hope that I never see again, but I digress. We run around frantic, desperate, like the sky is falling. When the truth is, is that the things that actually are sky falling like children committing suicide in higher numbers, things like bullying, things like children being killed in schools, things like climate change, things that actually matter to all of us. Education. Things that matter to all of us because if our climate goes really south, we don't have a planet. If we don't have a planet, guess what? Doesn't matter what your politics are. You're all dead. All of us. We all need to breathe clean air. We all need to drink clean water. We all need food that's not laced with pesticides and chemicals resulting in freakish cancers. And as we saw when the pandemic hit and our world came to a complete standstill for like two months. So it was middle of March, April, May, June, something started to open again. But it was May, June. It was, it was really two to three months of complete stasis and rivers got clean and air got clear. Now I'm not suggesting that we grind the entire planet to a halt again. I also think that barring another global pandemic, I don't know that that would be possible. But it doesn't have to be. We just need to get everybody in the boat with their own oar 
pulling in the same direction. We can, or, we can argue about the pace of the strokes later, but if one side's not paddling, we go in circles. If both sides are paddling in opposite directions, we don't move. At least if we're all paddling in the same direction, we have something that resembles movement. So, my dear listeners, here's my question for you. What friction are you going to address today in your life? Maybe it's the closet that you haven't cleaned, but you've been thinking about it and thinking about it. Keep shoving shit in there. Now it's kind of jam-packed. So maybe you get to clean that out. Drop a bunch of stuff at Goodwill. Do a bunch of donation before the end of the year. Maybe there's a bunch of blankets that can go to a, a homeless shelter, you know, or if you're in a city where there is a shelter for anyone who's been displaced. Maybe you can take gently used towels and sheets to a local animal shelter or an animal rescue. Maybe you have a dog that passed away a number of years ago and you've got a bunch of stuff in your garage that you're just not using and you're just, it's just taking up space. Maybe you can clear that out. Maybe there's a conversation with somebody that you get to have. Clearing some energy. Try it. See what happens when you take a stand and get something a little bit clear. Just might be surprised. Here we are, the end of another episode. So sad. But it's not really, because there is an entire library of Talk Unleashed podcast episodes you can enjoy, and a whole bunch more yet to come. Make sure you don't miss any. Subscribe, follow, heck, set up a carrier pigeon network if you like. Whatever it takes, just make sure you don't miss any of these conversations. And since conversations do require dialogue, meaning two, meaning back and forth, I want to hear from you. Who would you like to hear from? What topics would you like to hear addressed? Drop a line to talkunleashed at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Thank you.